Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Midpoint. Today we have one of our special family episodes, uh, but it is not, even though he would love to come back on very soon, Kenny Logan. It's Lois Logan who is coming on to talk all things teenagers and midlife parents. Uh, she's 17 years old, she's just about to sit her A levels, and she's by far the youngest guest we've ever had on the Midpoint. Welcome, Lois. Thank you. Honoured to be here. Well, we've uh, been talking about doing this for a while, haven't we? And yeah. we've just decided to do it the day after you left school. <laughs> Monumental Perfect day. Timing. Really great timing. <laughs> it was a bit of a weird day. I don't know about you. Yeah. I, I felt really odd all day. I don't really feel like it's over yet because I've still got my A-levels to sit. So, But the last time you ever had to go into go a into a lesson. Yeah, it's crazy. I remember your first day so well. Do you remember your first day? <laughs> oh my gosh, no, I don't remember why. I remember my sister's first day at school because she forgot to put her pants on. That's oh. a whole different story. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she remembered to put white gloves on. She didn't have to wear white gloves, but she forgot her pants. Who um, needs pants? Who needs pants? But you came home from school, you and Ruben. Uh, he had the uh, obligatory white shirt signed by everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was a little bit, I don't know, he looked a bit mournful. He came and sat in my office for ages and he said he felt a bit strange. I was, I got home and I did some revision. I know, you went straight upstairs <laughs> and started revising and no time for sentiment there. I'll feel sad when it's all over. But at the moment you don't feel like that. No, I don't. I don't know. I, I, I It hasn't really hit me, I don't think, just because I have got eight exams to sit. So how's the stress going? Let's talk about exam stress. I mean, I'm getting headaches that I've never had before. Um, I was expecting my skin to be a lot worse. But <laughs> it's, it's actually, always the visual. But it's it's actually been really good. Robust. <laughs> so I'm really proud of my skin. But the revision's going well. Okay. Yeah. So you, these headaches? I mean, the headaches, I don't know. I've never had them before, but they're just like a load of tension in my head, which you told me is probably stress. Well, I think so, yeah. Um, I mean, said, I searched it up and it did it did say stress. You so are drinking I'm, a lot of water. I'm drinking loads of I constantly need to pee <laughs> because I'm drinking so much water. But... Um, it's a lot, but it's not long. It's not long to... You just keep go. saying that. You, I've been telling you off for revising too late into the night and you keep saying to me, it's just a few weeks of my life. <laughs> it's um, not long. And then it's it'll all be over. Sand. <laughs> it'll all be over. Does it feel like it kind of changes from time to time? What do you st- mean? Stress? My stress? Uh, yeah, actually. Sometimes I wake up with a feeling of like impending doom and I'm like, the world is going to end if I don't revise. And other times I'm like, just have a bath. Even though I actually haven't had a bath yet, but I tell myself I'll have one. And you then came I... up with a great analogy about a swimming pool. Yeah, it's like being in a swimming pool. One day you're in the you're in the shallow end, you're comfortable, you're happy with where you are, and then the next day you're in the deep end. You know you've got to keep swimming to stay afloat, and then sometimes you're just on the edge. You're just hanging on, hanging on, <laughs> dear life. And if I can, can we extend the metaphor? I'll come and throw you a lilo yeah. or, or some armbands. A lilo? Or some armbands. Life, a life float? Well, yeah, lilo is more comfortable, more relaxing, isn't it? Just, yeah, yeah more relaxing. An inflatable unicorn. I think you get outside a lot, which helps. You yeah. Get, you know, you obviously have an unbelievable passion and compete with horses at the moment. No competitions, but you are able to go off around yeah. horses. Yeah, I mean, that's been outside. a massive part of keeping me sane, I think, during this period of time. Because I, 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 otherwise, I don't think I really would have any other sense of release or um, a time where I can just not 
think about school and revision. I've been really, really lucky just to just, it's the only full amount of time, even when I'm trying to do self-care, I'm still thinking about my exams and I'm still like, oh God, I should be revising right now. I feel guilty that I'm not revising. But when I'm with the horses, I'm just thinking about the horses and that's so nice. And I'm really lucky that. So if you're that. suggesting somebody about kind of factoring in that, being mm. outside is yeah, a Yeah, even just going for a walk. I mean, it's so cliche, but it's any kind of, any point in life as well, I think being outside wherever you are in life, you know, what, whatever your stress is being caused by, going outside is just so important and it really does just, just take a deep breath, just relax. And uh, Ruben has a different approach. We won't go into that right mm. now. I've had to kind of commandeer him to get a, to get a, an actual timetable. Yeah. You seem to just have like timetables all over the place. Yeah. I mean, I used to go through an approach of having a timetable that was weekly but now I sort of do it daily so every night I whatever I've done and not done because sometimes you don't fulfill it's not exactly flexible you, yeah mm. so I try and make it more flexible by doing it the night before or two days in advance like I write a two-day timetable which mm. has helped um, and it helps me factor more stuff into my day is there anything you think we could do more or less of to help to be fair no I actually think you've both been quite helpful Okay, we'll leave it there. Maybe cleaning up for me uh, after dinner. Well, we have been doing that for you. <laughs> Normally, uh, Ruben and Lois have to do all the clearing up after dinner, but Lois has been saying, I've got to go do more revision. Um, yeah, I do. And then You'll thank, be thankful for it. Probably goes off and rings her boyfriend. Um, <laughs> so, of course, for a lot of people listening, the midpoint is they might not have two children doing A-levels, but they will have children doing GCSEs, A-levels, then others who are going to still be at home. One person's going to leave. We're in a situation where thankfully we're not going to get an empty nest all at once because you are going to have a year off and you're going to spend a lot of that at home doing competitions with horses and various other things and getting a job somewhere. <laughs> and Ruben is going to leave home in about a month and a half's time. Yeah. And um, that'll be a massive shock for us. How are you feeling about that? Because you have been with him literally every step of the way of your whole life, including the nine months. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think I've not really thought about it huge amounts. I'm really looking forward to my year off. There are elements of my year off where I think I'm looking forward to just being on my own. I don't have to clean up after his mess all the time and the fridge will stay full for longer. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'll be weird, I'm sure. I'm not 100% sure, to be honest, what it's going to feel like. That person that's always been across the corridor. For I know, I, I, it will be really strange, but I, I'm just... Not thinking about no, it. No, I think I, my mind's been so focused on revision and... Because I don't think school. I thought about when I my, I finished my A-levels and I drove straight to London yeah, <laughs> to spend yeah. my gap year there. Literally that day, I came out of my last exam. You didn't even go Didn't even go to home. the club. Didn't go to the club, didn't go to the pub. I went straight down south and my parents actually picked me up. And I don't think I thought about me leaving the house. I mean, I guess they had two other children still at home. My sister had already left, but they had two other children still at home. But you've probably not thought about how we're going to feel about that, have you? No. <laughs> but you're still going to have me. So it's, you know, you've still got some. Bonus. It's another period of transition and change. And there's a lot of that that goes on, I think, when your kids are turning into teenagers. That's the first big one. They say the golden period of, of having children is between seven and 11. because Why? Because your children are able to do everything, pretty yeah. much. They still think you're amazing <laughs> and they can do everything that you want them to do. So if you say, we're going to go uh, to Legoland today or yeah. we're going to go on holiday. But I don't think you wanted to take us to Legoland. I did take you to Legoland. No, but I do have taken you there. I've done my time. Did you want to go? <laughs> no, of course not. Okay, you want to do something as a family and your kids come along. Then there's suddenly a time where your kids start kicking back a little bit and pushing back at your plans. Can you remember what that was like? 
I think I was probably younger than 11. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was like five when I told you, no, I'm going to wear this. No, but that's different. I'm talking about when you, the, the family unit... Starts all, the dynamic change. Yeah. Well, I, you, I don't, you weren't younger than 11. When no, you I probably wasn't. Um, I don't really think that's happened until recently, to be honest. I think I've I've had to get wait until I was 16, 17 for that to actually happen because... Is that because you enjoy spending time with us um, so much? Not necessarily, <laughs> but I do think you and Dad, you're both kind of like, well, we're going, we're going. Do you know what I mean? But now well, I... I've, this is what I'm going to talk to you about because I don't know if you've noticed my subliminal kind of tactics on things like that. What, what is it? Was it not just a sort of... Coercive. <laughs> no, Dad would say, I don't think they want to do that. And I go, well, we're going to do that. So we're going to have to just frame yeah, it in a like different way. Like the six way. hours of exercise you made us do during lockdown. Can we just explain? Six hours in a row yeah, of not charity. moving. We weren't allowed to sit down. We weren't allowed to stop moving for six we hours. We weren't allowed to sit down was, for six it hours. Was for, um, it was for charity. Was, we raised money. Yeah. How um, much money did we raise? A few thousand pounds <laughs> on Just Giving page. But it was that was a day where I just felt like we needed something to do as a collective. And the final... We hadn't been locked up in our house <laughs> for the last month. Well, the last hour was a big walk together. Do you remember? Um, yeah. We went to the shop in the village and got chocolate for everybody on the way I home. Remember that. Do you not remember that bit? No. You wouldn't I was remember. I was past I was past <laughs> consciousness at that point. And that was quite hard because you were fourteen at the time. Yeah. So that's an age where And I wasn't really into exercise that much at the time, I don't think. No. So but you did it. I did it, yeah. And you felt good afterwards. Did I? But it's <laughs> but it's things like saying go to the theatre. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't think I'd have a choice with that until I was like to be fair, I think I the difference I've noticed is before it was, we're going to the theatre and now it's, do you want to go to the theatre with me? Because I think you understand now that I have got other plans and I have things going on in my life that are probably slightly more important than going to the theatre. But what does it feel like when you're an age where we say we're doing this and you don't want to do it? How do you feel inside when you kind of, you, you do you feel a bit guilty? I do feel bad. Yeah, of course. Because I'm like, oh, like I always feel bad when... The other day, Dad asked me if he wanted to watch a movie with me downstairs. And then it was, I think Reuben was away playing rugby and you were at work. And I was revising and I felt so bad saying, oh, I've got to do revision, Dad, because I just hadn't done huge amounts that day. So as a parent, you feel kind of sad, obviously. when Sorry. Because in lockdown, we got a bit more of you, I felt, because mm. you were about to get to that time, because you were 14, yeah. where you were about to start wanting to do more stuff on your own. So we didn't get the choice. So we you didn't to... get the choice. So we got to keep you a bit longer, I felt, oh. and have a, more time with you, mm. which um, not in a sinister way that I was locking it did you sound up. But, a bit sinister. <laughs> but we, you know, I think we delayed a little bit of that. And then yeah. and then actually Ruben went the other way and kind of just wanted to be out all the time, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. But as a parent, I don't know, it feels very, you feel very conflicted because you want your children to be independent and to go off and do things. And at the same time, you just want to hang out with them. Now, when I say go to the cinema, you love it because now that you're in an age where you'd have to pay for things. Yeah, yourself. I really like it. It's great. Going out, I tag along. I'm a skin tag. I get to leech you of all, all So of the joys. if you're going through that as a midpointer at the moment where you feel like your kids don't want to hang out with you, trust me, eventually they, they do want to hang out with you because you pay for them. And that's... <laughs> just pay for Pay the way and we'll be fine. I wonder when I start saying so you've got to pay in a few years time for the cinema whether you'll be um, as keen. And we won't go to the cinema <laughs> I'll buy some snacks and we can watch a movie at home <laughs> Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. beauty and beauty ideals what is going on in your life in terms of social media is very different to when I was growing up obviously we didn't have phones let alone social media and the scrutiny that I feel you guys give yourselves Mm. and you know when you take a picture you're not as bad now but when you take a picture when you're out can I have a look can I have a look you know and we didn't even get pictures back for three weeks till after the event and if it was a terrible picture that was it that's the only documentation (laughs) you had of that night how are you when you look at images and social media in terms of that what it does to you and how how it affects your brain about how you should look it's difficult I think because obviously now I know that there's so many photos that are posted online aren't reality and you know people have had work done people are using like face app and filters and stuff like that so I think you've got to take it all with a pinch of salt you know, when you look at, and I also don't think I follow that many people that put out really unrealistic images of themselves. Mm-hmm. And if they do, then I think it's, it can be quite easy to spot. But I mean, then you get like people like supermodels and, you know, Kendall Jenner and people like that who, you know, just are like. But she's had lots of work. Yeah, I know she has, but she still looks great. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But so you know she's. Yeah, you know, but you still end up comparing yourself to them and. I mean, I don't think I compare myself as much as I used to when I was younger. I think I've kind of, I've st- I've learned to love myself more and I don't think it's as hu- much as a problem as it was. For you. For me. But then again, I know it's a problem for lots of other people. I think the main issue I think is kind of the way you look on Instagram and the way you come across is just too important for some people. And people on Instagram, their photos and their feeds just aren't who they actually are because they're trying to be... Like, you know, these influencers and people that have that their whole life is just based on social media. And, you know, when you're 17 and going to school, <laughs> that's not your life. <laughs> so um, can you see through the BS on those things? Yeah, I think for the most part I can. I feel like I I also think people are a lot more open about what they've had done now. I but mean, not just the looks, the lifestyle stuff as well. The lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because you just can't trust trust people and what they put up because somebody can put up a photo of a yacht and say it's theirs and it's not theirs it's just it's so easy to lie on social media so yeah I think again it's just one of those things you've just got to take it with a pinch of salt and realize that it's not really and also you control who you follow you know you can put your trust into whoever you follow but you're 17 what about 13 and 12 year olds yeah I mean yeah when you're younger I think it's definitely a bigger issue especially now that younger people are starting to get that kind of open, like a access yeah access that's why thanks um to social media more often and much younger so yeah I think when you're younger and you're immature and you don't really realize you it's almost hard for you to fathom that people's lives online are different to how they actually are and that also the way people are online are very different to how they actually are so yeah it can really and it's, it's sad because then it can create really deep roots of body dysmorphia and you know people just trying to be someone 
trying to live up to someone online who doesn't actually exist. Mm. Um, I think that's the difference. We had in we didn't have phones, but we had magazines where yeah. you'd say, "Oh gosh, why, why don't my?" Phones I mean, I still that? look in magazines. Like I get Vogue once a month. That's because it only comes out once a month. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but what I mean is, I it comes. I've Your Auntie Beaver bought you a subscription. Yeah, didn't my she? yeah, my lovely Auntie Beaver. But then again, I still kind of think. I think something about maturing and realising that everyone's different. You can look at someone for as long as you want. You're never going to look like that person. So there's that as well, just appreciating. I think appreciating people's beauty is fine. It's just when it gets to a point where you can start comparing yourself, where you just have to take a step back and think, oh. Do you think you're saying that with the wisdom of a 17-year-old who's flawless skin and you know (laughs) you haven't got the midlife uh, body changes yeah well hopefully I haven't got the midlife (laughs) no but you know what I mean it's different isn't it if you're if you're not as happy with yourself it's hard yeah I mean there was points in my life where I wasn't as happy with myself and I did actually feel sad about my appearance and that was when I was younger when I was 13 14 and when I was probably seeing things online Um, I don't really know where it came from because I mean I'm fairly sure it's online because I didn't have a Vogue subscription then so I wasn't looking through <laughs> through um, Vogue magazines and thinking oh wish I look like her but yeah it must have been coming from online because I'd never look in the mirror and think of someone mm. directly and think oh but then I would just kind of be like well I don't look like that I don't look like that I don't have this it's beauty standards really mm. because there's kind of there's there'll be a group of people who look a certain way have made themselves look up a certain way and then that creates a beauty standard I think there's you always to. been that yeah but I think it's much more much more difficult mm. especially for like 13 14 year olds who've it's, got their phones it's funny because I look back on photos from not even long ago from six months ago which I took and at the time I look at them and, and I remember looking them after taking them, oh I hate that photo it looks so bad in it and then two months down the line, I look at it and I think, oh, I actually really like that photo. Mm. But it's because in the moment you're comparing yourself so much to what you you have. A, it's almost like people have a, an image in their brain, or at least I certainly do, of like, I take a photo and I think, oh, that's what it's going to look like. But obviously it's not going to look like that because I don't have, like, FaceApp doesn't exist in real life, you know. Um, well, that's, see, that's the thing. What you're doing is then in somewhere in your brain, somewhere I've created this image of myself, to, yeah. To all these um, other um, images you see. So, and, and yeah, so I look back at these photos now and I think, oh, that's a really nice photo. I actually really like that. Whereas midlife women don't do that. No, and I'm jealous. They're just happy to be alive. I, <laughs> I wish that I could, that we didn't have, I think phones are great, but I do, I almost wish that they were like film cameras and, you know, like disposable cameras in a way that you didn't have to you don't you can't change them, you can't doctor them, you mm. don't get them back straight away because it just like you live more in the moment and, you know, I'm gonna take a few disposable cameras with me places this summer just to live in the moment. Yeah, be a bit cooler. I'll probably put them on my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that I guess is you know, the main difference between your you being 17 and when I was 17. Yeah. One of the main differences well, in terms of body. what did you compare body. yourself to when you were 17? Well, not very much, really. But there was still body dysmorphia. Yeah, there was. And, and there I, was still, maybe it was more word of mouth, TV. I think, you know, what we said before about, you know, there were magazines and I did look in the magazines and things. But then still, you kind of, I feel like when you're your age and back when you were 17... Those magazines are less likely to be. I mean, I don't know if they. Oh were no, adopted. no, no! But they, they no, 
the women just appeared to have unbelievable. They just bodies. were amazing. <laughs> they just were. They just were. Incredible. So perfect people do exist. <laughs> perfect people. Perfect people have always been around, <laughs> and they've always been in vogue. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with no, that. No, you can't. Thing is, it's sad because I feel like people, especially nowadays, people seem to criticise people that are better looking than them and they say oh, you've got pretty privilege you know you get more things in life because you're better looking but it's like that person can't help their genetics you know people I watched a TED talk on this model actually once she was really interesting can't actually remember her name um, <laughs> sorry she was in Vogue um, and she basically was about it was about body image and how like her having kids had really changed her and her idea of body image anyways um, her main message was that she won a genetic lottery and there's nothing that she could do to change the way she looks and there's nothing that you can do to change the way you look do you know what I mean I think everyone's got their own individual beauty whether it's inside or outside or both and then, then that's the other side of social media for you the body positivity that you yeah. get on social yeah. media which um, I find body positivity on social media sometimes to be it's difficult because there are parts of it that I really think are great and then sometimes I just see videos and it, it doesn't even if I'm feeling down about my body I don't feel a, a difference mm. even if it's a really positive video and it's a really amazing creator and they've done something really, and I'm sure it makes a difference to someone else but even when I'm not feeling mm. I'm still feeling a bit it's down got, it's it's well, hard it's got to come from you really, I agree yeah definitely so overall though would you say uh, to parents of kids who are younger yeah you know just to watch out for yeah those I think just 13, like 14. keep yeah, I, it's hard because I think people respond so differently. And also, you know, when you grow up... Your self-esteem's got to come from somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, though, exactly. It? Yeah, it's it, parents' role, I think, at people at that age is to sort of reassure and just relay the message that, you know, these things online, 90% of the time aren't real as much as, you know, you, you might want them to be at the time. But I actually think the first time that I did realized that was funnily enough when I watched Love Island because I saw a photo of a girl on Love Island and then I saw a photo of her like on the actual TV screen and she was still a beautiful girl and she was still really gorgeous and but she didn't look how she did in her Instagram photos you know mm. she she just wasn't her skin wasn't like as perfectly flawless. like literally looked like it'd been painted and you know it, it, she wasn't perfect which is normal that's what that, nobody's perfect so I think that's the first time I actually really realised. I must be really realised. Really realised. Done a lot of really realised. That's the first time I realised. Realised <laughs> that um, you know people online aren't being honest. Hmm. Really, I guess that's what it is. Honesty. Yeah, honesty. And if you know that, but if you're 13, 14, you don't. I think what I was about to say before was that I think se well, self-esteem as well has got to come, come from, from something else yeah. and. Yeah. If you have, whether it's sport or your passions, whether it's art or whether it's music, having yeah. having something that you're really into is, for me, it's really, really important that you pursue that and you kind of have that outlet. Yeah, totally. I really agree. Why didn't you play the piano for longer then? Um, <laughs> it's just one of my... That was uh, random. No, I just wanted you to play the piano <laughs> and I didn't. And... Which one of you midpointers wanted your child to play the piano? <laughs> But you slightly regret now, don't you? I mean, no, I don't regret not playing the piano. I do regret not really getting into tennis and becoming Emma Raducanu. Um, <laughs> but, but I can't change that now. I remember you saying to me in the car when I said about 
because I wanted you to play tennis. Not not that I was going to be a tennis mum, but I mm, said... You would have been a tennis But mom. instead of being a horsewoman, I said, why don't we play tennis or golf? And you said, they're your dreams, mum, not mine. I think you're about 10. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. Um, uh, let's, let's, let's go back down to the stables um, then. <laughs> and where, with regard to... the Because a lot of the, um, the conversations about midpoints and teenage, especially teenage girls, is the cruelty for a, teen, a teenage, for a mother of a teenage girl is that we're getting to the age where society considers us to be old hags and had house beans. I don't and actually think that's what historically, society anymore. Historically, but yeah, let's historically. just say historically, we're getting to that age where we're seen as no good because we mm-hmm. can't reproduce anymore. And you are just in your absolute beauty and bountiful of, of all the kind of juiciness that is youth. And that's sometimes quite hard, I think, for women who are going through that stage. Were you aware of what the menopause even was before I started talking about it so openly? Well... <laughs> To be honest, I knew I knew it was a thing because I had friends who mums who would like joke about having hot flushes. Right. But I just thought it was hot flushes and like being sick and being sick. I don't know what I thought. I, I don't know what I really thought it was, but I didn't know about so many things like brain fog. I didn't know you could treat it with um, HRT. I knew that Nana had always said that chocolate and Bacardi had stopped her from going through the menopause. <laughs> and I genuinely I think chocolate thought, and Bacardi are basically Nana's medicines for everything. I think, anyway. I, I, well, yeah, I mean, I literally thought the only thing I could do to stop going through the menopause was just starting eating dark chocolate from a young age, which wasn't too bad. Because of Nana Christine. Because of Nana Christine. But no, I had no idea. I didn't know about brain fog. I didn't know about, yeah, I mean, I still don't think I fully know. All about it. Do we all? Do we? Do we? Does anyone? Well, I, that's I mean, the mystery. I wouldn't expect you to be reading the books that are in my office, the, the piles of books <laughs> the that I have on books. the menopause and the various episodes of this podcast that have discussed it with experts. But you probably know a lot more than I did at your age. Yeah, I'm like, definitely. I think I know a lot more than the average teenager <laughs> about menopause. And did you, when you look back, were you aware when I might have been like perimenopausal? Because I wasn't, but did you notice changes? Just at all? that you stopped having periods. We couldn't share our <laughs> products anymore. I'd be rummaging through your drawers and there's nothing there. <laughs> but you didn't realise, because I always look back and go, oh, I was more anxious. And I'd, did you not no, feel that anxiety? I yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think I really thought you were going through anything. But did you really go through anything? Did What, do you think I've just made it up? <laughs> I don't know. No, my point is, is like, did you did you experience symptoms as yeah, badly? Yeah, well, I, when I look back, do you remember that day in lockdown? Yeah, I, actually, yes, I do. I, I think I actually, well, I don't really know when you started going through the menopause, but I think actually when I look back, there were days where you were probably, you were acting like a hormonal person. Mess. <laughs> person, yeah. A hormonal mess. That's what you were. Um, and, and you find that's less now. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> but then again, I, you know, I can be a hormonal mess sometimes. But that's the thing. You've got your hormonal mess sometimes for a different reason. Yeah. Obviously. And I was at the other end of that spectrum. Yeah. So for a mother who's got quite a few daughters and they're all going through that at the same mm. time, can be that could be quite confusing. I can, I can imagine it's quite a turbulent household. Um <laughs> I'm, although I feel like if you're, I thought you would have probably gone through the menopause later. Than, so did I. <laughs> especially because I was having periods. So I thought my body would keep me going. Yeah. Come on. One more. One more. I've got this. Um, Do it with me now. <laughs> no, I think I found out that if you have IVF that you're maybe more likely to have an earlier menopause. And 
I also wonder if the reason we don't we don't know why we had I had to have IVF. We were in the twenty percent of unexplained infertility. There was yeah. nothing allegedly nothing wrong with me, nothing wrong with dad. But maybe there was something with my hormones that wasn't quite right. Yeah. So or wasn't quite Henry balanced. Henry VIII would have executed you. Thanks, Lois. Revising history today. Yeah, I'm we? just going through my head. <laughs> So the imbalance of, of hormones that might have been there might have explained it. But anyway, I'm not that bothered about not having periods anymore. I'll be quite honest with yeah, you. Yeah, but you're not. Some people are, though. Yeah, I mean, it, I feel like that depends again on how much symptoms of the menopause you're getting. Mm. If you're not getting terrible symptoms and you're not having periods, and that's great. Yeah, I would love that. I'll go through the menopause tomorrow. <laughs> no, really. no. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I don't want that. You'd like you'd like to not have periods, you mean? Yeah, but obviously, you wouldn't. I do remember your quote when you um, had your first period and you wanted a day off school because you felt really bad and you said to me, <laughs> "I just loved it." I said, um, "You can't have a day off school because you got a period." And you went, "Have I got to have this for the next forty years <laughs> of my life? Mother Nature sucks. Why has she not sorted this out?" But you, you're slightly less dramatic about them now. I still think they suck, uh, but. They are part of what makes us women. So <sighs> you just have to you just have to grin and bear it for the yeah. next thirty years, love. 30, 35 could be years. More. Could be more, could be less, you don't know. Yeah. So um but other things that are menopausal symptoms, um, you've not really noticed massively. I think it's probably health no. that teenagers are quite often quite self-absorbed they don't notice that their mothers Sorry, are I'm not, not noticing your pain <laughs> well they don't notice no but that's quite good in a way but then women obviously juggle you've so you've never many had hot things. flushes no I know I'm very lucky in that but respect. do you ever get brain fog not anymore not since I started on HRT but I used to but, what, but what, I don't think I ever noticed that well, it would be more when I was in work situations. Okay. So I'd be... I get brain fog sometimes. <laughs> I'd be thinking and I couldn't grasp a word. I couldn't remember things. And yeah. then I started to think, oh my gosh. And it was around the time that Nano had been diagnosed with dementia. dementia and I started worrying, thinking, yeah. oh my gosh, what if I've got some kind of early onset, onset yeah. of dementia that I can't remember this and I can't. So it was a massive relief to find out that it was a symptom because it was not a symptom that I'd ever heard anybody no, talk yeah. about. Yeah. Although when I look back at my mum, even though she says that she didn't have a menopause she She's there were certain things that you know she wasn't quite as on it, on it yeah. and lots of things and that's the thing it's the feeling also, I suppose when your mum went through menopause you weren't I, I wasn't, wasn't at home you weren't at home you because, were in your 30s, yeah, because my mum yeah my mum's uh, my mum was 22 when she had me whereas I was 32 mm. when I had you which by the way is bang average it's the average age of a first child really in the UK so a lot of people listening now may well have had their first child around 32 yeah I still think that's quite like older but then I, then I've got friends whose parents are in their 60s so you think it's, it's, you think it's older because you're 17 and you, you yeah. know, and you're 18 in a few months time not even a few months a couple of months you can go off do what you want I can literally say I can get a visa and go live somewhere else Oh, I won't about, do that have you thought about it maybe no I would probably stay here so Lois I'm going to release you from the uh, midpoint tent uh, the midpoint hut and you can go and revise uh, best of luck from everybody listening I'm sure, <laughs> Thanks, I'm, sure midpointers. All, I'm sure they all want to wish you the best of luck and we're all delighted that we're not doing our A-levels in yeah, the next few weeks oh still get exam stress menopause or a-levels no <laughs> pick, pick your uh... that's a very good it's you know what Lois? i'm just 10 50 it's great being in this period of life yeah. so i yeah menopause yeah i'll pick menopause over <laughs> I, I think i'll choose a-levels <laughs> right now yeah good luck Thank love you, you. bye <laughs> Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.